All right, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and this loss tonight that was absolutely brutal, absolutely difficult to watch, really not a lot of fun at all to watch uh, at the end. Until then, really, really nice. A fun game to watch. I, I thought that the Colts played really well, and I, I thought that Sam Ellinger played exceptionally well, especially in the third quarter. I, I thought that he was every bit what you need in a uh, in a starting quarterback. Ellinger tonight, uh, 17-23 for 201. That's 8.7 yards per attempt, and that's good enough to win football games. Two sacks, uh, 12 yards, a passer rating of 100.1. The fumble by Ellinger, the fumble by Jonathan Taylor, both lost, both in plus territory, so they would have been guaranteed, almost guaranteed, at least a field goal and would have put this game out of reach once and for all. Um, that Those fumbles are absolute killers. And the Taekwon Lewis injury, God bless Taekwon Lewis, and we hope that you know it, it's not what it appeared to be and that's a torn left ACL. We hope that it's not that if it is. My God, if anybody knows how to come back from a debilitating injury, it's Taekwon Lewis. But what that did, in terms of pragmatically in that game, is give Washington another timeout and take one away from the Colts. And, and that was part of the reason the Colts lost. Michael Pittman Jr. dropping that pass uh, that really extracted every chance that the Colts could possibly have had in rescuing that game late, uh, a total shame. But Ellinger certainly passed the test in his first start. The Colts go down to the Commanders, 17-16. to This is call-in with Ken Sterling. Let's get right to the calls. I want to hear from you. I'm done, you know, and, and I always say this. I'm done talking to everybody. I, I want to hear from you, and then I wind up talking. But they, you know what, that's assuming. Uh, David Moody joins us. David, how you doing this afternoon, this evening? And what do you think of Ellinger? What do you think of the Colts? David, can you hear me? I cannot hear you. Uh, and I don't believe that is a problem on, on my, let's see. David, are you there? I can't hear you. Let's see if we can hear Fulton. Fulton, how you doing this afternoon? Uh, Colts, how you doing? Doing. I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Uh, I'm I'm very sad. I was ready. I I had a uh, a Hawaiian shirt on. I was all ready to have a Colts victory party, and uh, we're gonna have to wait for a week for that. I think. I know. I'm disappointed too, Kent. I I was hoping for a Colts win, and I was gonna have a Dance off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to have a dance off. That's, you know, I do the same thing. I do it by myself every once in a while. I windmill around the uh, around the room here and uh, have myself a very good time. What do you think of Sam Ellinger and his first start for the Colts? Well, I think Sam Ellinger uh, did a great job today. Um, he played um, very well. Um, he uh, threw it to Jonathan Taylor and... Um, made it into, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I made it through a pass. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Fulton. Thanks very much. Let's go to no You're thanks. Welcome. I'm not sure what the no thanks is in reference to, but make sure and unmute yourself. What'd you think, Ellinger? What'd you think of Reich? What'd you think of Michael Pittman Jr. dropping that football? Well, that was an absolute heartbreaker at the end. Thought he caught it at first, saw the ball on the ground, and just heart sank. But I thought brutal. Really, really good for the first game. There was no point at which I thought the moment looked too big for him. I think that fumble was just a bonehead play, which, I mean, every player in the league, from Tom Brady to the last guy on the worst team, they got a bonehead play every once in a while. Um, but I, I just don't know why Frank Reich seems to refuse to use our two big tight ends anywhere but the red zone. It's I know their skill set makes them the most useful down there, but um, you'd think that they would be great for short yardage thirds downs as well. You know, if they're good in the red zone, wouldn't you think that they'd be good in other places? Usually it's the other way around. You know, you don't want to use a guy in the red zone. You want to use him in the middle of the field. Evidently with the tight ends, that's not the case. Although they did go to Granson uh, a number of, well, three times, three targets, three catches, only 11 yards, uh, Mo Ali Cox with a target, and, and then Jelani Woods without a target at all. Um, what do you think of Reich's play calling late when the Colts with a first down could have really moved that clock to a place where the commanders would have had a tough time moving the ball down the field, and, and he really got very, very conservative with his play calling? Uh, yeah. First time starter. And also, I think it's worth mentioning that if Pittman doesn't drop that ball, and like you mentioned, Lewis doesn't have that terribly unfortunate injury that ends up costing the Colts a timeout. I mean, you hate to think of a guy's injury as costing you a timeout, but that's, that's just how it happened. Um, if we have two timeouts, that Pittman drop might not be as costly. And if we have two timeouts and Pittman catches the ball, I think we're talking about how great Frank Reich's uh, game planning was and how clutch uh, Chase McLaughlin was at the end of the game. That is an excellent, excellent point. Thank you for the call. No, thanks. I appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Abkul. How you doing this uh, this evening? Uh, what'd you think? Ken, I don't know who to blame for this loss. <laughs> I do That's not problem, know who to blame. And People are saying, let's blame the defense. Let's blame the defense, Kent. But the defense did really good for three yeah. quarters, only allowing a touchdown. And I don't know who to blame. I would say Frank Reich, he's the reason our red zone issues happen. Obviously, the Taylor fumble. He has no control over the fumbles. But some of the play calling, I mean, calling a run on shotgun formation and knowing your O-line can block. I mean, what, what were you thinking, Kent? What do you think about Frank Reich right now? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, given the two fumbles, uh, like No Thanks said, I really don't blame him for getting a little bit conservative late and putting it in the hands of your defense who had played well. I, I think that it came down to this. I think that it came down to the commander's best offensive player and the Colts' best defensive player in a position where whoever came down with the ball, that team was going to win. And Terry McLaurin was the guy who won that battle, and Stephon Gilmore didn't. And I think that that wound up being the game. But without the two fumbles that were lost, the Colts, I think, win this thing in a walk. And and I think that Sam Ellinger, to, no thanks, made this point as well. I think he looked very quarterback-like. Yeah. 
you know, I, I thought he looked good enough to be a winning quarterback in the NFL. And that's the first time I've thought that this year I, where I thought we had a quarterback who was who is dictating terms to a defense instead of allowing a defense to dictate terms uh, to him. What you think, Ellinger? You muted yourself, Abkul. What would you think of uh, uh, unmute yourself? All right. Well, you, can, you, uh, can you hear me? What do you think can about? What do you think, Ellinger? I can hear you. Yeah, now. Ellinger. No, he he did amazing. I think he did a really good job. It's kind of the first time, Ken, that I really saw a, a winning quarterback, like you just said. I think yeah, he did phenomenal. I think Ellinger. You can't. Okay, of course he had the fumble. Hey, it's his first NFL game, but he I that deep pass to Alec Pierce. I mean the the placements. I think the ball placement was really good. I like I didn't see that with Matt Ryan too many times, and I think his ability to get out of the pocket and make plays, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm hoping he does it against the Patriots. Thanks for the call, Abkul. I appreciate it, and I totally agree. I, I thought that he moved around in a way where he, he was in charge of the pocket, and I, I think ultimately that's a really, really good trait for a starting quarterback. Uh, let's go to Rich. Rich, how are you okay. doing this afternoon? Unmute yourself for sure. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, a little frustrated, actually. I, I said that out of habit. I'm not doing really well. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> It was just a really frustrating game. Like there were stretches where the offense looked the best it has all year, but we just couldn't maintain it. Um, plus the two turnovers and the overly conservative uh, play calls on that second to last drive killed us. Um, but honestly, I think I saw a lot of positives, um, but I'll start with the negatives and then go on to the positives. So we end on a little sure. bit of a good note. Um, McLaurin killed us. Uh, he had 40% of Washington's, uh, receiving yards. So, I mean, Paris is great, but I really, really wish we could have gotten scary Terry. I know hindsight's 2020, but, yeah. uh, he's breaking out at least. So I like that. Um, Frank is a little, um, too conservative on that last drive. I feel like if we go for a pass or two there, which I normally don't say, I normally say run the ball, but the rushes were just too conservative. Um, I think that that JT shotgun draw on third and inches should have been a QB sneak. Again, I know that's a more of a conservative thing, but I just don't see that winning with how our O-line is. And I think shorter amount of time to get into the goal line would have been better in that instance. Um, and we've really got to fix the fact that every game we've not gotten a opening score drive um, and we've not uh, been leading in the third quarter. We've always had to come back. Um, so those are things that are top of my mind. Of course, that Taekwon Lewis injury was kind of big. Um, and JT yep. also doesn't look hurt or I mean, doesn't look uh, great. He does look a little hurt with his ankle there. Um, but on the positives, Chase McLaughlin, I love that man. I am so glad he's <laughs> on our team. Um, and then Sam Ellinger, honestly, outside of that fumble, what a, an amazing start. Like, yeah, we had that Pittman drop, but that pass was perfect. Yeah. Um, that pass interference on Campbell was necessary because that was a for sure touchdown. Um, uh, Alec Pierce had a missed pass on the sideline, but honestly, I think he just jumped a little too early. I think that placement was solid. Um, and then I think it's funny because even at that last play, um, uh, uh, um, uh, Ellinger was really good. 
at not doing hero ball, but we got one of those Carson Wentz shovel passes, but at least that was caught. Um, and he only scrambled when it was necessary. So yeah, I mean, it sucks that we paid Matty Ice so much, but I'm so glad that we got him to mentor this guy. And honestly, I'm hoping we could see some major growth. Um, what are you thinking about that as far as how that's going to play into the future? Well, I, I think for a first game, he was really, really good. And I think that Washington, uh, this isn't a negative about Ellinger, but it, I think it bears mention that coming into the game, the commanders had only forced two tur- or four turnovers, and they are not a team that goes in ball hawks too much. Uh, we gave up the two fumbles for the Colts did, but they're not a team that goes and picks quarterbacks off too much. And so I thought that this was a really good matchup for him and a, a good opportunity for him to look good and show people who he is. But I agree with you that he threw the ball on time and on target, and he looked like he was in charge that entire game. And, and one thing that I would say, too, about him and the Colts is the, the, the games that the Colts have won, those three games, I've walked away from watching those games thinking, my God, how in the hell did they win those games? And this is the first time I've walked away saying, my God, how in the world did we lose that game or did the Colts lose that game? Um, this first time that I felt like the Colts really should have won a game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm all about Ellinger. I thought he looked terrific. And, and you know, evidently, that preseason wasn't a mirage against third stringers and soon-to-be unemployed defensive backs, that it was a guy playing football at a high level. And and he looked as good today as he did in the preseason, and good for him. 100%. Honestly, I'm going into this Patriots game next week with a lot of hope. Um, yeah. That, 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 that fumble was honestly the only negative, and that's just going to be, you know, first NFL start jitters. I, I'm real excited for this team. I don't know if we're going to have so much of a chance this year in the playoffs, but Ellinger does look like a bright spot for what has been a pretty um, mediocre season. So I'm looking forward to it. I agree. Thanks so much for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, Ryan, how you doing this afternoon? Um, this a, a disappointing loss, but a lot of a lot of positive things to kind of hang our hats on today, right? Yeah, there was a yeah, – Ellinger played good. Um, I'll give him that. But I'm, uh, I, I got to say this. Okay, so three points in the first half. How many times are we going to sit here, be unprepared to play a football game and no, and not score zero points in the first first quarter? Hell, let alone three points in the second quarter – Three points in the entire first half, and then have to come back again with a starting rookie quarterback. Let alone with if Matt Ryan was playing. This team is so unprepared. Frank Reich needs to get the hell out of Indianapolis. I'm sorry to say it, but he needs to get the hell out of here. If Sam Ellinger actually had a good coach behind him, maybe, maybe a chance. But this no points. At all, other than three in the first half, it's got to go. Done all right, with it. thank you. Thanks yeah. so much for the call, Ryan. I appreciate yeah. it. That's Ryan. Ryan wants uh, Frank Reich gone. Let's talk to Andrew and, and see what Andrew thinks. Andrew, you want you want Frank Reich fired tonight? Make sure and unmute yourself. Up, oh, Andrew's not there. So, Andrew, if uh, you're listening, come back to us. Jake, how you doing? Um, unmute yourself. 
and and tell us exactly what you think of Matt, of uh, Frank Reich, whether he ought to be uh, the head coach of the Colts tomorrow morning or not. I'm sorry, what was that? You think Frank Reich ought to remain as the coach of the Colts? Um, honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's like one of those things where I, I, I see a lot of Frank Reich and I think, wow, you know, sometimes he looks really smart and then sometimes he looks really stupid. And there's like no in-between, you know? Like I've seen so many times this year on second and long, we're running it, you know, out of, um, out of, um, what's that thing for me? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Running it out of shotgun on second and long. We Martin, when the players don't play well and don't execute, the coach tends to look like an idiot. But that's what they sign up for. That moron. And, and let's face it, too, your moments of being a moron are going to stack, and your moments of being a genius are really fleeting. People don't remember the genius. People remember the moronic stuff. And and so with with Reich in his fifth year, the chips of of stupid have kind of stacked, and the yeah, I mean you're totally right. I think going back to what that one guy said, we got to get tight ends involved. Every elite offense in the yeah. NFL has an elite tight end, and we just we and I love Jelani Woods. I love what I see out of him. I like Moali Cox. We don't get them involved enough. I, I don't even think I saw Jelani on the field today. You know what? What really hurts as well, and, and Frank Reich is guilty of this. This is on Frank Reich. Is he talks about everybody with such superlatives. Like you would think that everybody on that offensive roster is somehow deserving of going to the Pro Bowl. And, and then they don't utilize them. And so people say, why don't we utilize these guys? And he said, well, it really, you know, it, it, the opportunity never arose. Well, if you got guys all over the place who should be in the Pro Bowl, you got to find a way to get them the football. And, and the way he talks about that wide receiver room, although that's kind of come to fruition the last couple of weeks, and, and the way he talks about the tight ends and Naheem Hines, for God's sake, it, you would think that these guys all ought to put up 1,000-yard seasons, and that's for, a, uh, for a, a, a team full of offensive guys. Uh, let's go to Toby. How you doing tonight, Toby? Hey, Kent. I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So I I will say this. In my opinion, Sam Ellinger, I, I would rate him high eights, mid to mid nines for his first debut. Other than that fumble, I mean, he made seemed like some very smart plays. He you know, held on to the ball when it, you know, in case he was getting sacked, uh, you know, except for that fumble. But, you know, mobile, made good decisions. Uh, I think the thing that cost us the game were the two fumbles, the drop pass, and then I think that our defense on the final two Washington play, the possessions, played too soft. They were playing too much prevent, not enough aggression. And I, I know you said you thought Frank Reich's play calls were a little better this time. I will admit they were better than in the past, what, seven games, whatever. But I noticed, me personally, I think his play calling was better when it was maybe trick plays and mixing it up. But when he did the traditional, you know, shotgun plays or he did the traditional, 
you know, I don't know if it was I formations or whatever, run up the middle, all that kind of stuff. It's like every one of those plays got stuffed or, you know, every one of those run plays got just seemed like they got stuffed or most of them got stuffed when they got, you know, moving outside and he got some trick stuff going on. You had Washington on their heels and not knowing what was coming next. You know, that so, offensive line is not moving around defensive line. No, they're not. That's a bad thing, and and that leads to a running game that doesn't work. And I, I, I think, you know, we've talked about all week how Ron Rivera was going to have to go back to, like, Texas tape and preseason tape, maybe even uh, high school tape to look at Ellinger and try to figure out what he does really well and what they would have to stop. I think that Reich had to figure out during the game in real fire in a regular season game and then adjust to what that stuff was and and I love that Ellinger was man he was right on the yeah yeah I thought he was saying that some people were blaming Gilmore for that last play catch blaming him for the loss of the game and I'm like I I disagree because I think it was a culmination of everything and that was just kind of the cap on the the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. I mean, you know, it, it, Terry McLaurin's getting paid big bu- big money too. You know what I mean? I McLaurin's McLaurin <laughs> is a winning football player who's going to figure out a way to win games, and he did. And Gilmore's the winning football player, but in that one instance, those two guys going mano a mano. Uh, Terry McLaurin won the day and the Washington Commanders won the game. So, you know, yeah. that's just kind of how it goes. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Toby. Let's go to Adam. Uh, Adam, make sure and unmute yourself. How are you feeling tonight? How you feeling? All right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what, yeah. What'd you think? Um, do they have a coach for like fumbles like like... (laughs) you know what they did they had a guy and he retired I think after the 2020 season and his name was Tom Rathman and Tom Rathman used to play fullback for the San Francisco 49ers both hands, I immediately thought of Tom Rathman and what he must be thinking if he was watching that game. So it's funny you mentioned that because they had exactly that guy and they just don't anymore. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, David, how you doing tonight? Um, not a not a pleasant night, but you know what? It, it, there's some good stuff to take away from this game, right? Yeah. Do you think there is a chance of us still making the playoffs or should we tank and drop the quarterback? Uh, Almost. I don't think either is going to happen. I I don't think that the Colts are are bad enough to lose out, and I don't think that the Colts are good enough to get to the playoffs, especially with the Titans winning today. Yeah, they didn't have Tannehill. It didn't make any difference. They went down to Houston and beat the Texans anyway. And and so the Colts are, you know, what are they now? They're two games back. They've got the Patriots coming up next weekend, 
and then a trip out to Vegas. So it's going to be tough for, for the Colts to find their way to the postseason. But I, I don't like tanking anyway. Like, I, I, they didn't tank in 2011. I don't remember them tanking in 1997, the years before they got Luck and the year uh, before they got Manning. I, I don't think he tanked. I, I think that tanking is deleterious to the, like, culture of your franchise. And because Ursay has never done it, I don't think he will do it. And why, why don't they trade for a right guard and a left tackle? If that's clearly the problem on the offense. Here's the reason for that. <clears throat> Nobody gives up a good left tackle. You know what I mean? Like you've got yeah. to draft a good left tackle because nobody just gives one up. Although you saw tonight, I, I thought Charles Charles Leno Jr. for the Commanders ha- had a pretty good night. And he came over as a free agent after playing for the Bears for a while. And GM. And so uh, when I was in St. Louis, I'd have breakfast with Kevin Demoff every once in a while. And Kevin always told me there were two things you needed to know about a free agent. Number one, you needed to know that he was going to play well for you. And you needed to know also why the team that he's originating from is letting him walk away. You've got to know those things for sure before you pull the trigger on a free agent or really a trade. I mean, when Look at the Falcons. The Falcons got that win today against the Panthers. They're 500. And and so, you know what? They could wind up winning the the NFC South. The Falcons yeah. could. And that's with Marcus Mariota instead of Matt Ryan. Why were the Falcons so eager to get rid of Matt Ryan? Was it because of the whole Deshaun Watson debacle? Or did they just know that Matt Ryan's time had come and it was time for them to move on? We got to move him out. We got to get somebody else to take on his contract. It seems like it's the latter. You know what I mean? Yeah. If if we fire Frank Wright, which is probably not going to happen, who would be our coach? Yeah. But, well, you've got John Fox on the staff. You've got Gus Bradley too. Gus was the uh, the head coach for the Jaguars for a while, never really successfully. Uh, John Fox, obviously successful when he was with Carolina. He was successful when he was with Denver. But I don't know. He's 60. I don't care about 67 years old. Hell, Belichick's over 70, right? So, you know, age doesn't necessarily matter. But I think that Frank Reich, I don't know. You know what? He's 40, 32, and 1 as a head coach. And he's had different quarterbacks every single year. And, And while that sounds like an excuse, you know what? He he's if he was a terrible coach, he he couldn't have led Jacoby Brissett in 2019 to be on the cusp of going to the playoffs. And Carson Wentz and the Colts last year nine and six. People thought they were a sexy pick to you know kind of get through the AFC playoffs and get to the Super Bowl. So if Frank Reich's not all dog shit, you know what I mean? He he's not terrible. He and what you've got to think also. You've got to think about exactly what you asked, and that's who is the next coach going to be? Who's going to take this job? If you can't hold on to your job going 40, 32, and 1 and go to the playoffs a couple of times, and granted, that's if you if that doesn't keep your job, what kind of legitimate coach 
is going to come to Indianapolis and assume that position. I, why would somebody go to work for Jim say, especially after this past week where they take down the quarterback of choice of, of the coach and probably bypass the backup that he would rather have seen play and, and you put into play as a starter a guy that Reich really prob- didn't think in that meeting was going to be a very good option to win football games with. So if you've got an activist owner, if you've got uh, your former coach was 40, 32, and 1, I mean, what, what, kind of a, what kind of a coach is going to come here unless he just comes here for the cash? Yeah. All right, well, so, that's it. Thanks, thanks very much for the call. I appreciate right. it. Let's go to Matt. How you All doing, right, Matt? <laughs> Mute yourself. Let's go. Let's go. I'm doing go, good. Baby. Thank you. Sure. And so, so um, I think Coach uh, Irsay made a good idea in putting uh, Sam Ellinger in. <laughs> well, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 uh, they lost the game, but you know what? Uh, if we're gonna have uh, excitement like this game brought uh, to the team, it, it's what. Maybe uh, uh, getting away from uh, um, picking up uh, established quarterbacks and starting to make your own is the thing to do. And this next season's draft has a really deep quarterback class. Um, I, I, I was really excited about this game. I didn't like the result, but if they keep on being there, I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks for the call. I got to tell you, I don't think it's that deep. Uh, this uh, this season, and I watched the UK guy, Levis, and, and I'm not a big fan of him at all. He makes terrible decisions with football, and drafting him would not have me any more excited at all than uh, Sam Ellinger. So uh, let's go to N.O., is that is that you? And oh, how you doing? Oh, we talked to you, but no thanks. How are you? I just thought that with Frank Rush, what we need is an offensive quality Basically, a guy who doesn't take any strength from you know the players. You said Tom Rathman was psychotic about fumbles. We need someone who's like that with both the players and with Frank Reich, because I think Frank kind of sniffed his own parts too much, and that's how the play calling gets bad. I didn't like the Wildcat formation snaps at all today uh, as far as the play calling went um, and I think some three tight end sets would be a lot more useful than putting Wildcat on the field I appreciate it thank you very much appreciate it no thanks uh, let's go to Brian how you doing Brian make sure to unmute yourself thanks for having me on absolutely Chris Ballard needs to be fired He's had he's been here six years and he has failed to win one division title in the worst division in football. <laughs> but then who are you going to get? You know, if, if like I I get it, I, I don't like the inside out construct. I don't like twenty million dollars a year to Quentin Nelson. I'm not a, a terribly big fan of Shaq Leonard getting his twenty million a year. Braden Smith, I think, is okay as the right tackle. He's getting a whole truckload of money. 
you know, Yannick Ngakwe's got to earn some of his money, the $13 million. Uh, I, I, what are we going to pay this guy? Like, you know, seven and, or six and a half million a sack. So, you know, there, there's some words with Ballard. There's no question about that. I like your passion. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like he has a reputation. I don't want to hear you're a good drafter. When you draft Paris Campbell over Terry McLaurin, I don't want to hear that you're a good drafter. When you reach for Deo Abango coming off a torn Achilles in the second round, that was a reach luxury pick. I don't want to hear that you're good at drafting. I mean, his whole strategy, all he does is he just wants to overpay his own draft picks. You named a few. Braden Smith overpaid. Nelson, ridiculously overpaid. Hines, he should be cut. He's comically overpaid at this point. He won't, he won't uh, sign outside guys that could actually help the team. He just wants to make himself look so smart. Oh, look at my draft picks. Look how great I am at drafting. He gets a pay raise. I'm so great. I'm so smart. That's snake oil business. Enough. I love it. I love it. Thank you for the call. You know what's great? Is and so I kind of I get upset from time to time. There's no question. I you know I'm guilty of of. Hey, anger it's about me again, Ken. Time time. Pretty good. I do want to respond to am, that uh, comment about Ballard about because uh, uh, Rich, his 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 financial management doing? has been awful. But when you just look at this yeah. roster, I, yeah, we don't have uh, all the players we need on the offensive line, and I think he got too full of himself there last year and letting some key players go. But like Kenny. Speed, Rogers, right? We've got some pretty solid people on this roster. And then Pittman, uh, Pierce, Taylor. Campbell's not been great. Uh, Hines is overpaid. Granson's yeah. looking good. You know, we've got some solid people all around. Now, the quarterback situation has been really crappy. I mean, anybody's going to struggle when your superstar quarterback retires before he's 30. Um, but like, I think we've done pretty well with what we've gotten. Um, we had Rivers, which was solid for what he was. I don't, I don't like that we went with Brissett, but like at the time, I loved the move. Um, and you know, it's it's really easy to say all this stuff in hindsight, yeah. but in the moment, uh, it's really hard to make those decisions. And in all honesty, I think we did the best that we could. Uh, Carson Wentz, I'm putting on Reich, um, not Ballard, because uh, Reich was pretty upfront about. Um, which is arguably another bad move by um, Ballard. Um, if we had had the line that we promised Matt Ryan, I think that he's going to be a much, much more solid player, but that line just did not exist. He's got beat up. He's 37, 38. He's not going to be able to take those hits. It's going to add up. So I, I just don't see um, him being able to come in and deliver like Sam can just due to that. But when that change was announced, um, there was a lot of comments from the locker room, most neutral, um, but Ryan Kelly particularly had some uh, pretty interesting comments. Um, so as far as you're aware, what was the general feel in the locker room and how do you think that they're going to react uh, after this performance? Because if it was a win, then I could obviously see a much happier locker room with that decision. But being a pretty solid performance from Sam, but a loss, how do you think everybody's going to react to that? Yeah. 
You know, I think earlier in the week they were shocked at the move. I think tonight they they might even be pleased with the move because Sam Ellinger was not the reason that they lost that game. And there there are a lot of guys in that locker room you can kind of point at or who might point at each other or point at themselves and say this this kind of on me, whether that's Stephon Gilmore, whether that's Matt Pryor, obviously, uh, whether it's Naheem Hines, whether it's Michael Pittman Jr., you know, with, with that drop, there are a lot of guys who, if they make one play, that game's entirely different. And and that that includes Ellinger because of that fumble. Jonathan Taylor's fumble, that was terrible. He had the ball in the wrong arm, and he didn't have both arms around it, and, and you can't have that. So, you know, it, it, there's there's a lot going on here. But I thought that Ellinger, really for the first time, I thought, well, by God, that looks like competent quarterback play. And nothing against Matt Ryan. I like Matt Ryan a lot. But that offensive line, here's the problem I have with the offensive line as it relates to Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, is that they had no idea what they had. They didn't know that this offensive line was going to be as mediocre to bad as it is. And that's a problem for me. That That's a, a poor job of self-scouting. And the first thing you've got to be able to do a thread that is consistent with both of these guys that they see quality that is really not there. Mm-hmm. Like you said earlier, um, uh, Frank seems to hype up everybody. Uh, I think yeah. it was related to Jelani Woods, which love the guy, but being a big rookie is not the only way to win in the NFL. You got to have a lot of other skills and he's come through in the clutch, but um, in general, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Thanks again for taking the call. Absolutely. JP, how you doing? JP, how you doing? You've unmuted yourself, but you are not talking, which is oh, hello. There you are. Hello, Kat. Yeah. How's it going, Kat? Today, today's been a horrible day. I would I mind. Like, it's, it's quite disappointing. I don't know what to think about the coach anymore. I don't know what to think about this friend. a lot of potential and so I would like to ask you Ken, what's the next step what what would help us push Ooh. it to playoffs at least oh wow well I think you've got to decide whether Ellinger's your quarterback or not and if he's not you've got to draft somebody that you can build into your quarterback I think you've got to go out and get a left tackle and I don't by going out and getting a left tackle I don't mean trading for one or signing one as a free agent I think that you've got to draft one who can play, and evidently they don't think Bernard Ryman can, or he would have been on the field instead of Dennis Kelly. Uh, I, I think you've got to have more receiver depth, and I think you've got to get you got to get another. Unless you are certain that Isaiah trust, you know, ninety percent of the snaps, you need to go out and get another corner because Brandon Faison just isn't it. That isn't the guy. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Kyle Fitz. How you doing, Kyle Fitz? Unmute yourself, brother. There you are. How you doing tonight? You hear me? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm doing okay. Um, disappointing loss, but 
Uh, Sam's performance, I thought, was encouraging, um, save for a few, or really just a fumble. Um, some mistakes, or he had a couple drop balls, had a couple sacks, but not really his um, his fault. Um, I think uh, Zaire Franklin still looks like our best linebacker. still um looked a little lost looked a little slow um i hope that pick for him gives him some confidence to get back um i think uh what i'm most disappointed in is the play calling with frank a few moments of brilliance like a few callers earlier mentioned and then what what are we doing in gun on third and one on the on the one yard line with who last year was the best running back in the league I, where the offensive line doesn't look like it's getting any push. Um, and my last comment today is it's just something I've noticed. It's not really that serious. But if we throw another screen to Kylan Granson, I'm going to pull what's left of my hair out. Uh, let's go, Noah. How you doing, Noah? Noah, how you doing tonight? Make sure and unmute yourself. There you are. Uh, so that drive before the final drive of Washington, right? Yeah. If we would have just waited the clock out and threw it instead of running it, I feel like this would have been totally different. or how the clock should be managed entirely appropriately. I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, if Taekwon Lewis doesn't get hurt, I think that the Colts win that game. If Stephon Gilmore gets that ball out of there, out of Terry McLaurin's hands, I think they win that game. If Michael Pippen Jr. holds onto the ball, I think they win that game. You know, it's a... Uh, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. And it, but I completely, I completely get what you're saying. Would you say it's too early to try to get the highest draft pick you can? I I don't think you do that at all. I I I don't think that tanking is a good thing. I don't think it's ever a good thing. Even when you're guaranteed a draft pick, like there's no lottery in in the NFL like there is in the NBA. But I I've never. I've never seen a team go out of its way to lose games. Even the Colts in 97 and the Colts in 11, you know, they were competitive right down to the end of the season. And the Colts almost put themselves in a position where they got the number two overall pick and the Rams got the number one overall pick. Um, I think you go out and try to win every single game. And if you don't, that's a cancer upon your franchise. I, I don't think that it's ever a good idea to try to lose in the NFL. I don't think it's a good idea in any sport to try to lose. I, I think it's bad mojo, and I think it's bad professional kind of comportment. So, But thanks very much for the call, Noah. I appreciate it. How you doing, Toby? Good. Thanks again for taking the second round there, Ken. Yeah. Um, I just a couple of things I wanted to bring up I, I forgot about. But, you know, people were saying, you know, Campbell's been pretty good. I heard it during the game and they actually compared it. I didn't realize McLaurin has had 
you know, what is it, two back-to-back thousand-yard seasons? Yeah. So even if Campbell is doing good right now, he's been injured. The pet hasn't made it full, through a full sixteen-game now seventeen-game season. Right. The other part is I would hit on, and we all this has been line contracts. I totally fault Ballard on that. Yeah. Next thing I would point out is I might be mistaken on this, but when I looked, Ellinger threw a had a QBR this game of one hundred. And if you look back at all of Matt's games, I don't think Matt had a single game where he was above 100. I, I might be mistaken, but I, I, you can double-check me on that. But second, next thing is – last two things are I'll ask you – well, actually, tanking. I don't agree with tanking. You summed it up perfectly because I think personally if a team tanks, you are asking some very strong moral and ethical and uh, work ethic – problems from the players that you have promised for greatness coming into your team. And that's going to set a trend for several years to come after that. If you just, if you try to do that. So my last two things I'll say, and these are questions towards you is one of Ellinger next week against the Patriots and going forward for the season. Uh, do we, do we predict seeing any kind of rookie stuff happening with him? Cause he's kind of a second year rookie, right? So yeah. And then the last thing, trade deadline next week. If you were Ballard and Ursay on 3 November, is there anything you would go after or trade away? Any players, What if, if, if Kent Sterling was, a, was in those positions on 3 November, what would you do? I wouldn't do anything. Uh, I don't think that what you could do. One of two things has got to happen if you're going to make a deal. You've got to give yourself an opportunity to be better in the future, right? So you're you're trading current assets for draft assets, or you want to be better right now. And and the only time I remember the Colts making a deal like that in the last 25 years was where they got uh, Booger McFarlane, and yeah. I think that was prior to the deadline. It was like October 16th or 17th that they went out and got Booger, and they were right to do it. They were one kind of that one piece away, they went out, got him, and they won a Super Bowl. I, I don't think that they're one piece away, and I don't think that they're they're so decrepit at this point that they should trade for draft assets. And frankly, I don't know who they'd give up to go out and get draft a- assets. I mean, you know, Quentin Nelson's contract is, is totally punitive for anybody who would take it on. Same with uh, Shaq Leonard. I don't know, you know, Jonathan Taylor, you're not going to give up because, and, and he's probably at his lowest value tonight than he's been, you know, in the last year. Um, I, I just don't see anybody being kind of that guy that you can. Have pick, but let me tell you, as long as you you kind of asked uh, about Matt Ryan, he was over a hundred against Kansas City, which was a win. He was over a hundred against Tennessee, the first Tennessee game at home. Uh, in the thirty-four twenty-seven win. 
So, so you're never going to hire me as a researcher. But um, <laughs> so the one thing I will also say, and the line being what it is right now, one could argue, okay, are they trying to shoot for a Super Bowl or are they trying? In this current state, we're almost like Andrew Luck was. Crap yeah. O-line all of a sudden, not, no protection with decent receivers. The only, you know, the mobility is what's saving him. So we're kind of back in that position again if Ellinger proves to be Andrew Luck level. You know what I mean? Yeah, although, like, say, here was the problem with Andrew through my eyes, watching him, you know, from afar. Hit. They're playing against yeah. the Bengals at Lucas Oil, and Von Pez Perfect buried his face mask in Andrew Luck's sternum, and Luck hit him hard enough that Perfect left the game with a concussion himself. Yeah. And, it, like, that's a guy who is seeking out con- – and, and I think that this had something to do with the retirement. It wasn't a matter of him getting hit. It was a matter of him enjoying hitting others. And that wasn't working for him. And and I think that that had something to do with his, his so retirement. So you're saying he should have gone to the MMA then instead of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good call. Uh, let's talk to uh, talk to Matt. Make sure and unmute yourself, Matt. How you doing? I'm okay. Uh, you know, I, my, my question, I got a question for you. Considering the amount of money that the Colts are paying for their offensive line, how do they fix something like that? How, what do you mean, how do they fake? What do you mean? How do they fix, oh, fix something like the offensive line when they put so, money, so much money into it? You're not going to replace Quentin Nelson. You're not going to replace Ryan Kelly unless he retires. And you're not going to replace Braden Smith. I mean, those guys... The 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 penalty for for waving waving those guys is just too it's too great. Guard, you know, top half of starting guards in the NFL. Um, but boy, left tackle, obviously Matt Pryor is a guy who, who is playing his last season with the Colts. I, I really think that this is a, like you, you learn things when you're a first time guy. And, and despite the fact that this is Chris Ballard's sixth year in the position, what he's yet to learn is that he's got to view his guys. And Bill Pullian was really, really good at this. You view your own guys very pragmatically and, and you can't, you can't have that kind of personal relationship with those guys and value them personally and grade them up because of a personal relationship that you have with them. You can't do that. And that's what I think that he's done. And and I think that it's been a, a face-saving type of, of kind of ploy as well in that, you know, he took a guard in Quentin Nelson, sixth overall in 2018, the highest that a guard has been drafted since 1986, there is no chance 
that Chris Ballard's going to say, well, I made a mistake with the sixth overall pick drafting a guard. That was stupid. So what he's done, he kind of painted himself in a corner and he, he made it so he had to negotiate from a place of weakness with Quentin Nelson and his agent because if you let him walk, you look even more ridiculous for not drafting Josh Allen, who was taken seventh overall by the Bills. So I, I think that Ballard has to be better at cutting his losses and deciding that a guy like Ben Banigou can't play. You know what I mean? Ben Banigou is a great example of this. They took Ben Banigou instead of A.J. Brown, who was taken two picks later. And Ben Banigou has yet to play well. And tonight allowed himself to be blocked away from where Taylor Heineke was trying to take the football and Taylor Heineke goes and gets first down. Like, Ben Banigou is not a force for good on this team. And yet, year after year after year, this guy keeps coming back and being mediocre instead of Chris Ballard saying, you know what, I really, we've seen enough. Let's go out and get somebody else to screw this up. Because the unknown is, is you know, a more positive thing than, than watching Ben Bandigou. Thank you for the call. I, I appreciate it. Hey, 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 wait. I got, I got one other question. Uh, do you All think, right. uh, you know, when it comes to uh, <laughs> Ray, when it comes to Raymond, uh, Bernard yeah. Raymond, would they have to designate him as a tight end in order to have an extra guy on the line? Well, could they do something like that? Report. That's all. Uh, uh, yeah, they would have to report him as a, a possible receiver, right? Yeah. In order to have, uh, yeah. So wouldn't that be a good, maybe be a good idea since he has tight end experience and maybe would be uh, uh, an added benefit to the line? Well, they're already underusing tight ends. I think Jelani Woods didn't have a target today, and I'm not sure he was on the field. So I'm not sure that they're ready to ignore a third tight end, you know, adding him to Mo Ali Cox and Jelani Woods. You know, now we've got another guy we're not throwing the ball to. But I get what you're saying. They did the same thing with that guy. Oh, who is that guy? He was a good dude, too. He signed as a free agent with the Buccaneers. Um, I can't remember his name, but they used to report him eligible as well. But thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to JP. JP, make sure and unmute yourself. How you doing tonight? Yeah. Well, it, it be, because if he misses, it's still it's a it's a one possession game, right? Like by kicking the extra point, he takes it to nine from eight, and if he went for two and and tried to get it to ten, and missed it, they would have been at eight, and the red or gee, the uh, commanders would have been one possession away with a touchdown and a two point conversion from time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was on his back. You know, a lot of money does weird things to people. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that that's a thing with Quentin. Maybe it's, a, a, like you said, sort of an injury deal. Maybe he wasn't able to work in the offseason like he would like to, to keep his weight up and, and keep his... See, your guard, your $20 million a year guard turtling at, at the goal line and, and Jonathan Taylor trying to find a hole, and all he sees is maroon. That isn't going to work for anybody, and it really didn't work tonight. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It would have been nice to have a safety over the top, right? Absolutely, 100%. Gilmore. And that's not revisionist history for me. I was yelling for Ballard at the time. I was like, draft Terry McLaurin wherever he falls. And they projected him to be like a second or third rounder. I was like, my God, this guy, all you had to do, even in high school, if you watched him play. JP. Let's go to Rick. How you doing, Rick? Make sure, there you are. I can.
We lost you, Rick, but I understand exactly.